1. The Illustrated War News each number November 18, 1914 complete in itself price sixpence, publishing office, by Ellen Post. 172. Strand. Sixpence H.A. Electionani. London. W.C. Registered A.S.A. Newspaper for Transmission in the United Kingdom, and to Canada and Newfoundland by Magazine Post. The Illustrated War News. November 18, 1914 I.I.A. Close, shave, but in comfort with a Durham duplex, razor safety. The razor which enables you, to shave with the barber's diagonal stroke, without fear of cutting yourself. As a gift to a, man friend nothing is more appreciated. Soldiers at home and abroad will delight in an outfit. Durham duplex razor safety the interchangeable, double-edged blades, will last a campaign, and always give an easy, shave under the most, trying conditions. Complete outfits, 10 6 and 21 as shown. Working model with one, blade, 2 6. Exchangeable free. Booklet post free from Durham Duplex Razor Company Limited 27 W. Church Street Sheffield. Players Navy cut tobacco and cigarettes for the troops. From all quarters we hear the same simple request, send U.S. tobacco and cigarettes, troops at home duty paid it would be well if those wishing to send tobacco or cigarettes to our soldiers would remember those still in Great Britain. There are thousands of regulars and territorials awaiting orders and in sending a present now you are assured of reaching your man. Supplies may be obtained from the usual trade sources and we shall be glad to furnish any information on application. Troops at the front duty free John Player and Sons. Nottingham, will through the proprietors for export, the British American Tobacco Company Limited be pleased to arrange for supplies of these world-renowned brands to be forwarded to the front at duty-free rates, John Player and Sons, Castle Tobacco Factory, Nottingham, P.438 branch of the Imperial Tobacco Company of Jimmy, Britain and Ireland, Limited, The Illustrated War News, November 18, 1914 when The Illustrated War News to the Illustrated War News, November 18, 1914, The Great War, our gracious sovereign more so even than his deceased father, who had also a conspicuous gift that way has ever shown a singular felicity in voicing the sentiments of his people, but never more so than when he sent this message to Sir John French, the splendid pluck, spirit, and endurance shown by my troops in the desperate fighting which has continued for so many days against vastly superior forces fills me with admiration. That sovereign message to his heroic soldiers such as his ancestor Henry V might have addressed to his 10.000 long enduring conquerors on the night of Agincourt was nobly supplemented by this passage from the following day's speech from the throne, my navy and army continue, throughout the area of conflict, to maintain in full measure their glorious traditions. We watch and follow their steadfastness and valor with thankfulness and pride, and their island throughout my empire, a fixed determination to secure, that whatever sacrifice, the triumph of our arms and the vindication of our cause. Illustration, commander of the British cruiser which imprisoned the Konigsberg, Captain Sidney R. Drury Low, R.N., the Admiralty stated on November 11th. The search resulted on October 30th in the Konigsberg being discovered by HMS Chatham Captain Sidney R. Drury Low, R.N. hiding in shoal water about six miles up the Rufiji Ritter, German East Africa. She is now imprisoned, and unable to do any further harm. Photo. My Elliot and Fry. Captain Globsip received the following message from the First Lord of the Admiralty. Warmest congratulations on the brilliant entry of the Australian Navy into the war and the signal service rendered to the Allied cause and to peaceful commerce by the destruction of the Emden. 
photographed by Lafayette, while it fell to HMAS, Sydney, to bring the Emden to action. Another vessel of the Australian Navy, the Melbourne, also joined in the pursuit. The Admiralty stated that a large combined operation by fast cruisers against the Emden has been for some time in progress. In the search, which covered an immense area, the British cruisers have been egged by French, Russian, and Japanese vessels working in harmony. HMAS Melbourne and Sydney were also included in these movements, photographed by Sport and General, at whatever sacrifice, and that promises to be terrible, for what will be the sacrifice entailed by two years of war to put its duration at a moderate estimate if our casualties in life and limb alone compared with which our millions of money are as nothing amounted, according to an official statement in Parliament, to about 57.000 of all ranks up to the end of October and it is believed that 10.000 at least must be added for the first 10 days of November. Of course, by far the larger portion of those casualties are wounded, of whom, according to one of the Netley authorities, 9 and 10 at least ought to recover, while those casualties also include missing, or prisoners, of whom the Germans claim to have now more than 16.000 in their keeping. In the Boer War our wounded amounted to 22.829 of which only 2018 proved fatal cases, while our total casualties for over two and a half years of warfare, including 13.250 deaths from disease which, in every campaign, is always far more fatal than lead or steel figured up to 52.204, as compared with 57.000 in France and Belgium for only three months, or considerably more than twice the number of men 26.000 whom we landed in the Crimea, while the purely British contingent of Wellington's allies at Waterloo was returned at something like 24.000. Continued Overleaf. The Illustrated War News. November 18, 1914-3 Much has been said of the elaborate character of the German entrenchments, and of the British genius for comfort developed in our own lines, but it is doubtful whether anything done by either side in that direction has surpassed the chef d'oeuvre of an ingenious French engineer shown in our illustration at one point in the French trenches not 700 yards from those of the enemy, and within two miles of the German artillery, he constructed an up-to-date bathing establishment, with a heating apparatus and a shower bath. The apartment was fitted with a stove, benches, clothes pegs, and curtains, and adjoining the sale de douches, or shower bathroom, was fitted up a sale de coiffure. There was even talk of enlivening the bathing hour with music and a topical review. For the Illustrated War News, November 18, 1914. Illustration, similar to the Kaiser's aerial bodyguard, a zeppelin with a gun on top firing at hostile Aeropiolanis a German picture. It was stated recently that two zeppelins, armed with machine guns, circle continually on guard above the Kaiser's private apartments in his headquarters at Koblenz. It must be remembered, too, that the casualties referred to being confined to the western area of the war do not include our losses at sea which comprise few, wounded, and no, missing, that sea it is either neck or nothing, sink or swim, a modern battleship, if hold and exploded, like the Good Hope and the Monmouth off the coast of Chile, going to the bottom, and most of her crew with her, like Kempenfeldt's Oaken Royal George Brave Kempenfeldt is gone, his victories are o'er, and he and his 800 will plow the waves no more, thus if our casualties at sea, which are mainly of one kind only, be added up, they will probably be found to exceed our deaths on land, 
which are always much less numerous than other kinds of losses, yet the mortality of our battlefields has been mournful enough, especially among officers where the death percentage has been higher than in any other war we ever waged. On the other hand, the Germans have had to pay a fearful price for the death toll they have exacted of us and our allies, seeing that, according to their own official admission, their casualties to the end of September amounted to over 500.000 for the Prussian army alone, while the corresponding figures for Bavaria, Wurtemberg, Baden, and other states have to be added, so that the estimate of Mr. Heiler Beyot that the total losses of the Germans up to date must be somewhere near a million and three quarters men would appear to be not very far out. Well now, supposing that the war were to last for two years, it follows that, at the same rate of loss, the German casualties would amount to area code 12250000, which is almost unthinkable. Its very destructiveness should tend to shorten the duration of this terrible war. As Mr. Asquith said at the opening of Parliament, in a curiously cryptic and significant passage, the war may last long. I doubt myself if it will last as long as many people originally predicted. God grant that this may be so. But in the meantime there are no signs of any abatement of fury on the part of the Imperial Hun of Berlin, who stamps, and struts, and rages like pistol on the field of Agincourt, and, bid him prepare, for I will cut his throat, is ever the burden of his objurgations, how different from the calm, serene, dignified utterances of our own gracious sovereign and the dispatches of his generals are the minatory rantings of the Kaiser, his von Klux, and his crown princes of Bavaria with their vicious appeals to the worst passions of their soldiers against the English as the most bitterly hated of all their foes, continued Overleaf, the Illustrated War News, November 18, 1914 5 Illustration, he was a man, Field Marshal Earl Robiardis, the world-famous soldier, who died at Sir John French's headquarters, full of years and honors, Lord Roberts has met death upon the field of honor as surely as though he had died fighting at the head of the brave soldiers whom he loved so well. To enumerate his qualities, indomitable courage, keen intelligence, broad humanity, is to gild refined gold. At the call of duty he visited the army and the Indian soldiers in France. Despite his eighty-two years, there he caught a chill and passed peacefully away. The message to a Lady Roberts by Field Marshal Sir John French will find universal echo. Your grief is shared by us who mourn the loss of a much-loved chief. It seems a fitter ending to the life of so great a soldier that he should have passed away in the midst of the troops he loved so well and within the sound of the guns. 6 The Illustrated War News. November 18, 1914. Illustration. The Niger's Captain, who stayed on the bridge to the last though badly wounded, Eliudi. Commander A.P. Muir, when the Niger was torpedoed, Captain Muir was on the bridge and was severely injured by the explosion, but remained at his post till every officer and man had left the ship. He was taken ashore at deal in a boat and had to be at once placed in hospital. Photo, by Russell, most bitterly hated, but at the same time most formidable as the Germans themselves now generally admit, and hence all those tears of rage he and Killila crimey. Even when the Prussian guards not to speak of the vaunted Brandenburgers and Bavarians can make no impression on the British lines in Belgium, it should at last break in upon the German general staff that they are somewhat out in their calculations. The word, contemptible, is never used now in relation to Sir John French's army, and it will be used still less when this army shall have been reinforced by the million of men apart altogether from the territorials which are now under training to supplement it, while a further million has now 
in turn, been asked for and will be cheerfully raised, with the help of the additional vote of credit for L250.000.000 which was just about the cost of the Boer War, and L25.000.000 more than the French indemnity of 1870 which will be willingly granted by Parliament for the conduct of a war that is said to be costing us about L7.000.000 a week. When a young man throws all his soul into his training and ardently wants to become a soldier, his progress will be at least three times as quick as that of the dull, driven conscript, and that is why Lord Kitchener has told us that the new million-man army which popularly bears his name, though it might just as well be called after the king has already been making a wonderful advance towards field efficiency. The Niger, a torpedo gunboat of 810 tons, built in 1892 was torpedoed by a German submarine while lying off deal about noon on the 11th, and foundered. The Admiralty stated, all the officers and 77 of the men were saved, two of the men are severely and two slightly injured. It is thought there was no loss of life. Photo. By LNA. The English writer of one of the many war books now before the public, The German Army from Within. By one who has served in it as an officer tells us that he calculates one of our Tommies to be at least equal to three Hans Wursts and when the personal equation is taken into account the value of individual character and initiative the estimate will not seem to be exaggerated. In fact, it has been proved to be correct by the opinion of all our best judges in the field itself, as well as by the results of the fighting when the odds against us had been invariably three to one, in spite of which we have always managed, not only to maintain our ground, but also to encroach on that of our antagonists. Hence it follows that a so-called Kitchener army of a million men ought to have for us a military value of at least three millions as against the Germans the more so since their best first-line troops have already been used up, and replaced with beardless boys and most corpulent greybeards. This is not a fanciful description, it corresponds with the reports sent home by eyewitness at headquarters and other reliable observers. While there is an absolute consensus of statement that our soldiers enjoy a commissariat system which is at once the admiration of their French friends and the sheer envy and despair of their German foes, the fact alone that our men are better found and better fed than the enemy gives them an advantage over and above their three to one equivalent of the individual kind, continued Overleaf. The Illustrated War News, November 18th. 1914-7 The devastating effect of shell fire on human habitations is brought out with appealing effect by the photograph which we give above of the scene in one of the ill-fate Belgian townships on the frontier of West Flanders. Wrecked and ruined houses with their walls leaning over and tottering, about to fall in ruin, and the heaps of littered debris in the street tell a fearful tale of what the havoc from a bombardment by heavy projectiles means for the hapless inhabitants of the place. The tremendous force of the impact with which the shells crash down is shown at the same time by the man seen in the foreground of the photograph standing up to the waist in one of the gaping cavities in the ground that the shells make where they strike. In some of the houses they smash through from roof to cellar. Photo. My Illis. Bureau. 8 The Illustrated War News. November 18, 1914. Illustration. Touring in Germany with the Prince of Wales, the late Major Seadiogian. The Prince's Equerry who has been killed in action, Major the Han, William Cadogan, son of Earl Cadogan, and equerry to the Prince of Wales, was killed while commanding the 10th Hazars in place of the Colonel, who had been wounded, Major Cadogan had been sharing in the work of the infantry in the trenches, he served in South Africa, and last year accompanied the Prince of Wales, who traveled as the Earl of Chester.
on a visit to Germany, where our photograph was taken. Photograph by Illis, Bureau. Besides, they had sources of inspiration had our Tommies denied to their Teutonic antagonists. General von Kluck, commander of the 1st German Army, has described a visit of the Dread Warlord to the line of the aim behind the line of fire and the hooks with which he was greeted by a Prussian grenadier regiment. But what are those guttural hooks compared with the ringing cheers which were evoked by the presence of Lord Roberts on the occasion of his last visit to his old comrades in arms of the Indian Army? Now confronting those Prussian grenadiers on the line of the Isar, when Lord Roberts was made a peer, after his march from Kabul to Kandahar, he chose as his heraldic supporters a Gorka and a Gordon Highlander, who had done so much to help him on to victory, and it is pretty certain that he would have desired no more congenial and appropriate manner of death than he has found, at the age of 82, as an inspiring visitor to the lines of the gallant troops of all kinds whom he himself had so often led to victory. It has been said that no man can be called happy until his death, and certainly no one was ever more felicitous in the manner of his end than the veteran hero, the blameless Baird of the British Army, who has well been called one of Ireland's greatest Englishmen, yet his name will continue to serve as an inspiration to the army which adored him, and doubtless his last moments were soothed by the thought that the soldiers whom he so fervently loved had just added to their laurels by the brave repulse on the Isar of two brigades, or a division of the boasted Prussian guards, forming the very flower and colonel of the Kaiser's army, and news also must have reached the conqueror of Partiburg and Pretoria that the German prompted and German paid rebellion against the union of which he had laid the foundation stone not with the trowel of an architect, but with the sword of a soldier was collapsing under the well-directed blows of such an imperial patriot and statesman as General Boffett, proud to wear the uniform of the hero of Kandahar. Thus the last hours of our veteran field marshal must have been consoled with the reflection that, in spite of the fact of all his warnings and his exhortations having fallen on deaf ears, victory was gilding our arms, as well as those of our allies, all round, and that the loss of two of our cruisers off the coast of Chile had been more than offsetted by the destruction of the notorious commerce destroyer Endon in the seas of Sumatra and the cornering of the equally elusive Konigsberg among the palm trees of an east. African Lagoon Fit Incident for the pages of Captain Marriott or Mr. George Henty, beloved of the boy devourers of stirring adventure books. During the last week two rivers had again formed the main scenes of action in the far-extended theater of War One the Isar, in Belgium, where the advance of the Germans on Calais has been stonewalled by the Allies, and the other on the Vistula, in Poland, where the Russians, by sheer force of numbers and superior strategy, made very considerate progress in their march on Berlin so that, on the whole, the horoscope remained most favorable to the Allies and the ultimate attainment of their common object. The Illustrated War News, November 18, 1949 Illustration, The Victorious Russian Cavalry in Action, a charge by the Gallant Force which crossed the CARPADHIANs into Hungary. In the recent victorious operations of the Russian Army the cavalry have taken a conspicuous part. The headquarters announcement from Petrograd of November 10 said, to the east of Nyenburg near the station of Meshaken in East Prussia, about two miles from the frontier, Russian cavalry defeated a German detachment which was guarding the railway, captured transport, and blew up two bridges over the railway. On the 8th inst, our cavalry forced one of the enemy's cavalry divisions, which was supported by a battalion of rifles, to a retreat towards Kalish near the border of German Poland. The above drawing shows an engagement in Hungary between an Austro-Hungarian force and a body of Russian cavalry who had crossed the Carpathians from Galicia, 
10 The Illustrated War News, November 18, 1914, Dick's Mood, after a comparative lull since it was first bombarded by the Germans, recently became once more the objective of a fierce attack and fell into the enemy's hands. The afternoon communique issued in Paris on November 11th said, at the end of the day i.e. the 10th the Germans had succeeded in taking possession of Dick's Mood. We are still holding on to the outskirts of this village, on the canal from Newport to Ypres which has been strongly occupied. The struggle has been very fierce at these points. The late French communique issued the same night said, the enemy throughout the day continued his effort of yesterday without achieving any fresh results. He made vain attempts to debouch from Dick's mood on the left bank of the Iser. Photo. By Newspaper Illustrations. The Illustrated War News. November 18, 1914-11 Illustration. The Little Belgian Town Taken by the Germans After Three Weeks. D.I.X.M.U.D.E. The Hotel de Villalele and Church Tower. Although the Germans undoubtedly scored a slight success by their occupation of Dick's mood, they did so at enormous cost. It was reported from Amsterdam on the 11th that 4,000 Germans severely wounded in the fighting round Dick's mood had reached Liege. Dick's mood was for three weeks gallantly defended by French Marines. The town is now little more than a heap of ruins, as our photographs showed. The fine old church of St. Jean has been almost completely wrecked, and the Hotel de Ville has suffered great damage. It has been planned out that the military value of Dick's mood to the Germans is not very great, as it does not form part of the Allies' defensive line, but was held as a bridgehead on the east bank of the Iser. Photo. By Newspaper Illustrations. 12 The Illustrated War News. November 18, 1914. Dick's mood. On the Iser suffered terribly during the earlier stages of the Great Battle in West Flanders. It was stated on October 27 that French Marines holding the town had withstood a continuous attack lasting 40 hours, at the end of which the place was in ruins. Mr. E. Eshneed Bartlett, who visited Dick's Mood on October 21, wrote in the Telegraph, The town is not very big, and what it looked like before the bombardment I cannot say. An infuriated German Army Corps were concentrating the fire of all the field guns and heavy howitzers on it at the same time. There was not an inch that was not being swept by shells. There was not a house, as far as I could see, which had escaped destruction. Photo. By Newspaper Illustrations. The Illustrated War News. November 18, 1914-13 Illustration. Wrecked in the Modern. And Greater. Battle of the Dunes, in the ruins of the 15th century church at Niupiorni. Some idea of the destruction wrought by German shells in Niupor may be gathered from this photograph of the interior of the church. Another example of the fact, plonked out under a drawing on another page, that the German gunners do not respect the house of God. The church at Niupor, which dated from the 15th century, was restored in 1903, and its massive Baroque tower, visible from afar could be easily avoided by artillerymen capable of accurate aim and desirous of sparing a sacred building. Newport has at least twice before in history been the scene of conflict. In 1489 it made a stubborn resistance to an attack by the French, and near it, in July 1660, was fought the Battle of the Dunes between the Dutch and the Spaniards. Photo. By Newspaper Illustrations. 14 The Illustrated War News. November 18, 1914. The bursting shrapnel marking the line of flight of that dread, field of, the town, comes from a new kind of anti-aircraft gun at the front. This weapon, generally used to fire a stream of shrapnel, also fires shells containing a composition for setting aircraft on fire. 
and its rangefinder marks both the height of an aeroplane and its speed, drawn by a forestier from a sketch by H.C. Septemberings Wright. We see here the finale of a fierce air fight near Rheims. A German, aviatic, biplane passed overhead and a French biplane with a machine gun went at it. There was a hot contest until suddenly a French shot struck the aviatic's motor, taking fire instantly. The German craft fell blazing to the ground, where it burned to a cinder with its airmen, drawn by George's Scott from an eyewitness's sketch. The Illustrated War News, November 18, 1914-15 The German base hospital for the troops in the coast battles and at Ypres was stationed at Bruges when our photograph was taken. The illustration shows two wounded Belgians one who has just been lifted out from an ambulance wagon is on a stretcher, the other stands, a grimly picturesque, overcoat and hooded figure, in the center, among the group of soldiers are sailor garbed men of the Marine Brigade, brought to Flanders to aid in garrisoning Antwerp and hold the coast batteries near Ostend and Zeebruggen, for the time being the entire city of Bruges, it is stated has been converted into a one immense hospital owing to the crowds of German wounded almost hourly arriving there, while trains with wounded soldiers are continually leaving for Germany. Photo. By Record Press. 16 The Illustrated War News. November 18, 1914. Illustration. Not even the dead left in peace. German shells and earth graves and scatter their contents in a village churchyard. In our last issue we gave a photograph of a Galician town bombarded by the Russians proving that they carefully avoid the destruction of churches. The German gunners, on the contrary, show no respect for the house of God, although their emperor so often claims divine approval. The havoc wrought by German shells in French and Belgian churches and cathedrals stands recorded in countless photographs and other illustrations, to form a permanent indictment of Germany's methods of warfare that will make her name execrated by posterity. In the present instance not only the church itself was destroyed, but the very graves were torn open, and the bodies and bones of the desecrated dead flung from their places of rest facsimile drawing by H.C. Septemberings Waite Special War Artist. The Illustrated War News, November 18, 1914-17 Illustration, a German saw edge bayonet in actual use in the war, when the German flag was planted on a captured position. It has been pointed out by a naval correspondent that the German bayonet of which one edge is a saw is not really quite the barbarous weapon it seems, but is similar to that carried by pioneers in British naval landing parties. For use in sawing wood, the toothed edge, he mentions, is so far from the point that only by the rarest chance could it enter the body of an enemy. It would be interesting to know whether the two bayonets British and German are exactly similar. Another account of the German weapon states that the saw edge begins only six inches from the point, quite near enough there to, one would imagine, to enter the body of an enemy. Inset is an enlargement of the German saw bayonet photo. ILNA 18 The Illustrated War News, November 18, 1914. Dick's Mood, the name of which little West Flanders town on the Isar all the world knows now. After being heroically defended against persistent night and day attacks and bombardments at all hours, was taken by the 